I absolutely love recording Leadership Insights podcasts. In these episodes, I get the opportunity to ask care leaders 14 questions about leadership, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing some truly inspiring leaders. This week, I have the pleasure of interviewing Mohammed Damji, the Managing Director of Caring Crew. Although Mohammed is a young man, his wisdom makes him appear older than his years. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. My name's Simon Parker, and this is the Care Leaders Network podcast. Today, I'm downloading leadership insights from a great young leader from the care sector. So, Mohammed, tell me, do you believe that leaders are born or are they made? Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, it's one that I think about a lot, uh, but they're definitely made. I don't think anyone's born with a, an, an innate nature. You know, even with like public speaking, people I think he's a born public speaker or he's a born, you know, footballer or anything like that. Nobody's born anything. Um, they're born into an environment. Doesn't that environment, the parenting, the childhood, the schooling, the friendships, the relationships, those experiences are what make you into into who you are. Um, and look, anyone can really become a leader if they're party to those experiences, if they develop that that attribute, that skill within themselves. Um, you know, I can openly say I wasn't a leader before. I enjoyed being in leadership positions. Yes, I enjoyed that, but I wasn't a very good leader. And the only way I was able to become one was by putting myself in those positions by struggling, by, you know, being in a difficult scenario where I realized I'm not very good at this. And then speaking to advisors, mentors, guides, reading about it, learning about it, and then implementing it. And that's how you really become a good leader. So leaders are made for sure. You know what's, uh, you know, what's really interesting about that. And I, it, it's, it's almost, um, uh, because of the specific answer, it's somewhat ironic that I ended up um, consuming this piece of content recently. But there's a, I, I've mentioned this chap on the on the podcast a load of other times before. There's a brilliant ex-military American uh, now management consultant, a chap co- called Jocko Willink, who, if you haven't studied him uh, yourself before, or anyone in the audience has studied his stuff before in the uh, in the past, just search YouTube. Have a look if you like his stuff on YouTube. He's got some brilliant books. Uh, but he's he's taken the the learnings from leadership in the military and then put, uh, uh, learn how to uh, to codify and to build a system of leadership that you can learn. And he he talks very passionately about the fact that he believes that it's a it's a skill. Um, so it's just interesting the fact that I think I I followed his stuff for a long time. I, I watched a short video of his on LinkedIn, and he was really underlining that particular point around uh, that's connected to the point that you that, that you've uh, positioned there around the fact that um, people can become uh, leaders, and that it's something that you can that you can develop as uh, as well. So. I, I always like asking this question immediately after as well because there's um there's there's uh, there's 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 connected tissue between these two questions but um just to add to that uh to the question around whether leaders are born or are they made do you believe that leadership is is an art or a science and explain to me your reason why um it's difficult to to put a name to this because what is an art and what is a science realistically um you know we like to attribute buzzwords to skills and, and qualities and things like this. Um, but I think what the question is really asking is, is it something that is specific or is it something that is not specific? Is it something that has a design to it, that has a process to it, or is it not? Which is what it's saying is a science will generally have a formula to it. Say so this is what you need to do to be a good leader. And art will be something that you have to design mostly by yourself a lot of the time. It's quite personalized. Um, in this regard, listen, 
management is a science, right? Management tells you you need to do things in this process. You need to manage people in this way. You need to manage processes in so and so way. Leadership is definitely an art or something that needs to be designed by yourself. Something that's not, it's not data driven. Um, there's a lot more risk, more passion involved. Uh, management is more specific, uh, has an objective towards it. With a leader, um, you know, you're trying to create your own objectives a lot of the time and grow towards that. And look, at the end of the day, you can always hire a manager, but you can't hire a leader. You have to develop a leader a lot of the time. So you've touched upon this as uh, as well. You're uh, you're you've almost jumped into to, to the uh, the the point on my on my next question is what would you say the difference between management and leadership is? Yeah, it's just about that. Is that you know management has a science to it, it has objectives to it, it has certain things towards it. Uh, as a manager, you hold responsibility for people and for your department, and management is more sort of you know, design, it's more technical. Leadership is more emotional, it's more passion, it's more risk, it's more de- it's more decision-driven. Um, and it's also more about sort of bringing people along with you, along bringing people along with you on the ride, on the journey, um, you know, moving this company or this ship or this organisation forward. And it's very difficult, um, it's very difficult to be a good leader without good managers involved. But the difference between them is leadership is when your decisions will impact, you know, a whole organisation, and management is when your performance will impact sort of a department or something like that. So I view it in that sort of, it's not a hierarchy, but it's kind of in sync. Both have to work for an, organi- for an organization to, to, to do well. And it's an interest, interesting point that you raised there as well, because both one can't exist without the other. Like, and people are often a mixture of a, of a blend between the, between the two. Uh, the feedback that I get from the teams that I've been involved in is that my uh, my management isn't as good as it could be, whereas my leadership is 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 better, uh, and that's something that I'm working hard to to address. But it's it's often fascinating how different people are have a natural affinity to one or the other, and then mm. to become almost more well rounded. One has to be uh, self-aware enough to be able to to develop their management or their leadership capabilities because you you like I I I am I I work in a leadership capacity but then I have to have management oversight of my of my team etc. And to your point, there's kind of the the they have to be connected, but they're uh they're they're two very definitive skill sets. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look you know, it's one thing you said about, it's really good that you, you bring it up. You understand that you're a good leader but maybe not as good a manager as you might want to be. And you've done that by talking to your peers and saying, what can I do better? And that is a sign of good leadership. It's trying to understand what your weaknesses are. How can I improve it? How can I get better at something else within my skill set? And how can I move forward with it? And definitely those two things work in tandem. And look, becoming the ultimate leader, that's also a good manager. It's an almost impossible task, but you can only work towards something and then aspire to be better, right? It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I, I see. Uh, I've recently taken up Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, which is uh, it's like a form of of, of grappling. And um, uh, there are. I'm I'm very lucky that the gym that I go to that uh, that 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 um, where the, the the people that do the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu train together, we have a higher um, density of black belts in the uh, in the in the group of people that attend this gym than most of the other gyms in the in the country and um 
all of the black belts are still working really hard on honing their craft after a lot of them have done it for kind of 10 or 10 or 15 years. And it, it, it remind when I went, went to my last training session, it kind of reminded me of but both leadership and management in as much as the fact that it's, it, it's, it's, um, you can't just achieve it. it it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's something that changes and evolves over time and you change and evolve mm-hmm. over time and the context changes, changes and evolves over, over time. Um, and it was one of those, those life lessons that you can kind of uh, almost art imitating life or uh, kind of personal life imitating professional life type type scenarios that it just stopped amazing for a little while around how that, how that whole evolution and things works and how you have to develop yourself working in a leadership um it, working in a leadership role to to continue honing those those skills and those uh those uh uh those um uh, different kind of attributes and characteristics and things as uh, as well remind me never to get in a physical fight with you <laughs> i'm not very good at the white belt so uh i'm only about six lessons in so far although i've definitely become hooked very uh very very quickly but um it, uh, I describe it as it's it's almost like a physical version of chess. It's quite a cerebral, although it's a martial art, it's quite a, a cerebral mm. endeavor, if you like, which is part of the part of the appeal for it. So uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll try and share some more leadership Brazilian jiu jitsu anecdotes at some point in the uh, in the future as uh, as well. But um, uh, <laughs> make it make it its own podcast series as well. Yeah, could could well be. You know, I I love recording a podcast, so I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of things that I can share about my uh, my my learnings um uh but for today obviously i want to focus on 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 you and our conversation for the for the moment so um my next question i think is a uh one that i think an awful lot about and that is at what point does somebody become a leader yeah it's um it's a tough one because it's very difficult to understand your position as a leader um it's easy to delegate tasks Um, And it's easy to say, I'm not responsible for this and somebody else is. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're at the top of the organization, um, if the buck stops with you, if you don't report to anyone else, you know, if you are a decision maker and you've been given a load of responsibility, then you are a leader. Um, Even if you do report to someone else, you know, if you have certain objectives and if, if you have responsibility of certain decisions and at the point where your decisions impact somebody else, that's when you kind of become, you know, a, a, re- a real leader that that you hold that burden of responsibility for the organization, for your staff members. But if you don't achieve certain things within the organization, your staffing will suffer or your profitability will suffer or your management will suffer. And at that point, when you hold that weight on your shoulders, when you can't sleep at night because you're thinking about work, that's when you become a, uh, a leader because you've taken on that, that responsibility. Really interesting way that you've uh, that you frame that. Thank you, Mohammed. What what would you say the common misconceptions that people often have about leaders and about leadership? Um, I think people often think that you know leaders have uh, have an arrogant nature to them that you know that that they think that they're better than others, or leaders are you know a little bit lazy because they delegate a lot, um, or they're too busy um, for others. And that that generally tends to come with um, people's personality. If they, you know, talk in a certain way or if they show things in a certain way, if, you know, as a leader, because you're so stressed out, because you have so much on your plate, 
you can sometimes be dismissive to other requests or if something if, if something's not not as important to you as it is to somebody else um you might not action it straight away which inadvertently tells somebody else that this isn't important to me right now and it makes them feel less important um so it can create that notion around it that, you know leaders think that they're better than others um which isn't always true you know leaders have a lot of pressure on their on on their shoulders a lot of responsibility and it's not easy to manage not everyone's a, a good leader or a perfect leader or even a great leader um so it's difficult to sometimes balance that and like you said earlier everybody's a work in progress and so are the leaders themselves right they're constantly honing their craft so one of the learnings will be that you know if your colleague or your staff member comes to you with a request or a concern you need to show some appreciation for their problem and either find a solution for them or help them find a solution together um, and even if you haven't got the time then you know say that to them to say i haven't got the time to deal with this right now can we come back to it at a later stage you know things like that clear communication you know those are some of the things that can fix these misconceptions but one of the misconceptions that people most commonly have uh, is that leaders have the answer to everything um, and that is you know really really untrue because I'm a leader in my organization and I definitely do not have the answer to a lot of the questions that come my way. Uh what I'm good at is problem solving. So I'll go, I'll find the answer, I'll speak to people, I'll speak to an organization, I'll read about it, I'll find out about it, and I'll come back and say, here's what we're going to do. Um, but the number of people that are in leadership positions or the Venn diagram uh between people that are that are in leadership positions um and people that are winging it is almost just one circle. It literally is. Yeah, we uh, we chatted about that a little bit before the podcast, didn't we? Uh, about the fact that there are, as a leader, and I think one of the one of the things that leaders have to be able to do is to be able to plot a chart. Often, without a map, they have to be able yeah. to without uncertain uh, without certainty. They need to to be able to make decisions on often minimal um minimal amounts of of data um and a certain amount of that just comes from kind of intuition and learned experiences and things like that but there is an element of as you say winging it sometimes and i think you mentioned this as well earlier communication around these things is 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 so super important i've had it in sets of circumstances where me and my team have been working on uh, a particular particular set of circumstances we'll be talking through like a problem or something like that and uh inevitably if it's if it's a tough cookie to uh to to, to try and work out uh people will look to me and say so Sai, what do you, what do you think and i mean it, it it's it happens reasonably frequently where i'll say folks i don't know I honestly I don't know the answer to this question or at least I don't know yet um maybe here are some things that we could do to try and to try and explore this thing in in more detail maybe here are a few more data points maybe this is something that we could go and research um but yeah I can I can definitely sympathize with the point around the fact that that, that leaders don't don't always have the the answers um and I think if you if you try and cover that up people people can people can work that out you know people aren't yeah. people they'll 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 see through that and then that might be that might be something that people could see uh as being a, a negative thing and look down upon you because it's it's just evident that uh if you if, if you are winging it or like you've got more research to do to get to a point where you've got that particular answer 
uh well there's two things there's firstly there's being authentic and just being like folks i don't i don't know the answer to this question we've got some work to do to get to that point but then also i think it's it can be used as a way to endear and uh empower your team as well so look like we're a smart bunch of people we'll work it out like how, what 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 we're going to do together to to try and to try and make sure that we know the know the answer to this question so we can make this decision or judgment call or thing that we need to to be able to do as well um and for me personally i find that really good fun you know because as yes, self doing problem solving and things like that if you can bring people on that journey with you as uh, as well it can be really empowering for the for the team um and then you can start looking at so who are the who are the leaders of the future who are the people that are yeah uh, to be able to try and be the be the person that can make those decisions and things in the future as well so it's uh it's it's a worthwhile exercise being presented with a circumstance where you don't have all the answers because um that's that's what we get that's what we're what we're about if you've got a big purpose and a big mission if you're breaking new ground you're going to come up against an awful lot of stuff that uh you just aren't going to have the answers to yeah i mean look part of being a good leader is, is showing your colleagues how to also be good leaders sharing those, those leadership traits with them. Um, one thing I like to do is if we found a problem, or if one of my colleagues comes to me with a problem and says, we don't know what to do in the scenario, I go, well, I don't know either. So how about, you know, you spend a day looking for a solution and mm -hmm. let's have a team meeting tomorrow and we can you can present some solutions, some options, and we can all talk about it and give our feedback on it. Mm -hmm. And that gives them the, the, the power to go, you know what, yeah, it's, it's a problem that I found. Let me try and solve it. So that I can I can see if you know if it's something that I that I can do my, by myself and that is it's not just delegation but it's also empowering other people to make decisions for themselves and understanding that they are capable of finding solutions not just identifying problems. Also, the on the flip side of that, so if you do provide people with answers all too often, um, you can train learned helplessness, which mm. is it will be impossible for for you personally to grow and for your organization to to grow because if everyone's entirely um reliant on you because you're the person that gives the answers and you're the person that shares all the insights all the time you immediately become a bottleneck and it's it i think probably something that leaders who are kind of developing their craft I think everyone probably comes up against that at some point or another, uh, and even probably even seasoned leaders end up falling into that trap at some point because sometimes you know you just need to make the decision, you just want to crack on, you just want to make the things happen, you want to just give that answer just so that people can crack on. But there's a cost to that as uh, as well. Um, so you, you, you touched up upon this slightly in your in your previous question, um, but I'm interested to hear your view on what would you say the differences between a good leader and a great leader look I'm, I'm 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 a very young leader so i haven't got you know buckets of experience in this in this regard uh but my understanding of it is you know a good leader will will steer the ship in the right direction um, a great leader will develop others to also steer um the ship or you know another ship you know i, I find people in some industries they they're scared to upskill their staff members because they're worried that they'll leave. Um, and and look, that's understandable, but you also have to respect that everybody wants to grow, or at least most people want to grow to a certain extent. So if somebody wants to complete their level five and reach a management position within the care industry, for example, facilitating that is being a great leader. 
you know, and maybe they can support you in expanding the business. Maybe they'll, they'll go somewhere else, you know, and get a job as a manager somewhere else. And maybe after getting years of experience there, they might come back to you. But, you know, supporting people in their journey will also mean that they support you back in your journey as well. So a great leader, I think, really develops other people alongside themselves. So that's an interesting point as uh, as well. So your um, let me see whether my interpretation of, of of what you've described is is correct. So what you're saying is almost the difference between a good leader and a great leader is the great leader is able to almost have uh, like a mindset of succession planning. So it's not necessarily that they're going to leave, but it's developing the person who's maybe junior to them so that they can almost fulfill the expectations of the more senior person's role because they're 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 on an upward trajectory and it's creating a space and environment and providing the kind of the resource and the mentorship etc for them to ascend their professional development is that kind of where you're going with that answer yeah absolutely absolutely i mean there are so many options on the table when you upskill somebody within your, within your organization the number one thing is that if you show loyalty to your towards your, your staff members or your colleagues they will show that back to you and if that means commitment towards the organization, towards its growth, um, towards, you know, different tasks and, and, and workloads, then, then, you know, they will definitely be, be on your journey with you. And I think that's uh, that, that's a key part of that as well is bringing people on the journey with them, because if they if if if, if people in. Um people in kind of the ultimate leadership position or in a kind of senior leadership position, part of the almost the responsibility is to. uh uh, to be able to 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 impart that knowledge and insight and experience and things over over time and the only way that you do that is to be vulnerable and kind of to open up about your experiences and talk about the things that you've done well and the things that you've not done so well and um to give people the, the confidence and things to to be able to grow so you, you you've thrown in some really really good um uh, uh examples of uh leaders and about leadership what what would you say that the three most important characteristics of uh, a, a leader would be? Oh man, Simon, I hate bite-sized information. <laughs> How can you limit a question like this to three characteristics? <laughs> there's got to be three most important ones. If you don't like, also don't feel to feel like you need to uh, to stop at uh, at three as well. I'd like the three most important ones. But if you think there's another couple, yeah to throw in there Feel I mean, free to you, you can almost segment some into one of the others so i'll try and fit it into three and there'll be like sub atomic particles involved in this in this in this little uh truth bomb but i think the number one thing is authenticity mm -hmm. um you know being yourself and part of that is honesty being honest with your staff members with your colleagues with your partners with your shareholders whoever it is that you're speaking to in business showing a level of honesty is being authentic to your own nature um and then the secondary part of that is empathy and and just the ability to listen um you know simon sinek says a lot speaks a lot about leaders speaking last even if you know the solution to the problem at the start of the meeting always speak at the end because you want everybody in the room to feel like they've been heard that their thoughts have been taken into account that their opinions and their ideas have been considered before you've come to your conclusion if you as a leader just come in and direct only without listening you're not showing an empathy you're not showing an understanding and a willingness to listen or take into account their perspective and what you're telling them really is you're just here to do work not to think um part of being authentic is 
being able to connect with your colleagues and staff members to say, I understand your perspective. This is great. I'll take this from your perspective. But also, I will speak last to make sure that you're heard. So that's, I think, one of the most important things for me. Um, the second one is really a drive um, or an appetite to risk. And um, one thing that you know people who are not leaders struggle with is is taking risks. And like you said, you know, making decisions that are that have low data information on it, that don't have much intelligence around it, but that you make from your gut feeling. And the reason you do that is because you have a passion or a drive towards making that happen. And when you make those gut feeling decisions, you really, you know, put your all into it. And that's what good leaders do. I'm not saying make every single decision from your gut. There's a lot of, there's enough data and a lot of decisions to be made. But there are some decisions where you just don't know what to do. And you have to choose between one or the other. And that's what makes, you know, you know, a leader into a good or a great leader is how good they are at making that, that kind of decision. But you have to have the drive to see things through whether it's, you know, the hustle culture of being up at 11 p.m. working or whether it's the discipline of working day and night to make sure your organization or your goals or your objectives are met. Um, it's about putting, you know, passing on that passion and drive to the people working alongside you as well. And then the final thing is being decisive and clinical. Um, you know, it's so difficult, especially in business today, when you have so many options on the table, so many options on the table it's very difficult to be decisive as to what to go for. Even in starting business, you know, I've met so many people just in the last four or five years that are like, oh, how did you get into business? And I go, well, we just did. We just, we saw an opportunity. We did some numbers on it. We spoke to a few people for advice. I spoke to my family for, for some support. And we just, you know, we just went for it. Oh, but how did you do this? And what about this? And what about that? Yeah, all of those things considered, at some point, you've got to dive into the sea head first. There is no, you know, when it, go, when, when it comes to business and when it comes to leadership, there is no sort of pilot study or there's not enough time to do all of that testing for you to absolutely be 100% sure that things are going to be successful. Something like COVID hits you, your whole business can, 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 be, can be, you know, can, can suffer really. So being decisive, being clinical, being, you know, taking responsibility for your decisions, I think that's, you know, the third most important thing that leaders need to have really 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 important point so thank you for that that's uh, that's, uh really nicely put as well so um how do you see leadership evolving over time it's definitely becoming more challenging i mean i speak to my father a lot about this because he's been a leader for you know the longest time he finished school and went straight into you know a job and then shortly after just started his own business um and I speak to him about what leadership was like back in the day. And, and you know, the challenges now are much different. The market is way more competitive. There's so many more industries at play. Technology has changed so much of how things work. But also, like, back in the day, it was the Industrial Revolution. So everyone was looking for a job. So, you know, staffing was a lot easier. Now, there's hundreds of organizations out there. Just in the last two years, I think, there's been so many care organizations started up. And some gone down, unfortunately, as well. But people are, you know, becoming a lot more entrepreneurial over the last few years. And that's a good challenge to have. Um, but it, it makes things harder as a leader to kind of implement and to get things going. You know, there's a lot of people move jobs a lot. So continuity and longevity in the organization is difficult to maintain. Um, there are, there's so much content on social media. Um, 
and as as good as LinkedIn is for connecting and networking, there is so much on there that is just glorified. Um, and it's just people speak about, you know, only the good stuff where they speak about all the stuff they've achieved. You know, if you're going to talk, nobody talks like that in person. Nobody walks up to you in person and goes, hey, by the way, yesterday I was on holiday and this is how I linked it to business. That's not a normal conversation to have. If you're on holiday, you're on holiday. That's great. Um, I'm, I'm really not a fan of the fact that LinkedIn algorithm is it works really well for people who post selfies. I think it's it's creating a culture whereby you have to post a picture of yourself that's not relevant to the content itself and that dumbs down the content sometimes mm-hmm. um, and that affects authenticity but you know it makes leadership more difficult because what appears as good leadership may not always be good leadership so you find it challenging to understand even what good leadership is in today's day and age but I think in that regard maintaining authenticity can really stand out but also i think in today's day and age involving young people in organizations at a younger age is really really important i mean historically you know the cv method of recruiting looking for really high experience good experience was always the gold the gold standard for 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 recruitment in today's day and age you know young people are really driven towards working so if you bring a young person between the age of 18 to 20 you know, to come and work in your organization, you support them, you upskill them, you give them the right guidance and advice and the platform to grow, you can get some really, really good staff members in your organization. And that works for the care industry as well. The problem we have right now is, you know, there's not enough education around the opportunities in the care industry. People think that it's just the care assistant roles. And look, they are hard, they're difficult, they're challenging to do. We have some really good young carers in our organization. They're passionate. You know, Gen Z is very, very purpose-led very purpose-led and they care about what they do it's not just about having a job and getting money it's about doing something that's purposeful so the care industry is a match made in heaven for them because we do something that's very very purpose-led we look after people whether it's in their own homes in care homes in supported living in any care environment we're looking after people making sure that they live well and hopefully if they can live independently as well So involving young people in this industry, inviting them to work in different roles, whether it's marketing, admin, tech, you know, peer coordination, uh, managing staff members, recruitment. There's so much going on in this industry that young people can get involved in uh, that I think it's time that leaders start to open their doors to people with less experience, but who have more drive. Mm, that last point, I think, is uh, is very, very interesting. And I think there's, um, I can see why you've highlighted that, particularly for the for the care sector. Um I'm interested to hear about your the greatest challenges that you faced as a as a leader and also what you've learned as a as a consequence of facing those challenges. I mean, I'm still facing challenges all the time. Uh, one of the biggest things I find is, you know, you have to motivate yourself. Uh, and you like there's there's no one really holding you accountable. Yes, there will be people that you work with that hold you accountable, but at the end of the day, getting stuff done is the number one priority as a leader and nobody's there to check on your work um and it's really difficult to motivate yourself all the time um and it's it's a challenge that i face constantly uh there are parts of work that are fun and there are parts of work that are boring you know that sometimes the spreadsheets the the emails the, the, the analytics that kind of stuff can be mind uh you know mind numbing but they're necessary and doing the necessary things 
um, and motivating yourself to continuously keep doing it all the time, that's that's a real challenge. Um, what I've learned as a consequence is I've struggled with discipline, um, and that's something I generally have. Uh, even with the half marathon that I ran a couple of days ago, I didn't train that much because I struggle with discipline and consistency. Uh, so it's something I'm working on. I'm, what I'm doing is I'm trying to put myself forward for these big challenges where you need to have discipline and consistency and to build that resilience within myself to, you know, to, you know, have that attribute. Um, but one of the other challenges I faced very early on as a leader was communicating clearly with my colleagues and staff members. Um, and that was a challenge I suffered with because I wasn't able to get across what my thoughts were in a clear fashion. And if you can't communicate a message to your team clearly, they will not be able to take it on board. You know, mixed messaging is a real problem um, and they don't know what they've come away with from that meeting. So understanding how communication works, understanding how everybody understands things. You need to speak to people, not, not the way that you understand it, but the way that they will understand it. And tailoring your message for even each individual team member but also tailoring it to people's personalities and how they would understand it is really, really important. Breaking it down, showing them why your decision about this makes sense, what the objectives are behind this, what the reasoning and logic is behind this. That's really, really important. And that's a constant challenge you face um, because you have no one to help you on this journey realistically. You need to figure out a lot of the stuff by yourself. And that's a good challenge to have. So uh, it's definitely... Uh definitely does a good job of keeping leaders out of mischief just working out how to how to be the best version of themselves and to make sure that they're communicating clearly about the purpose the vision and the kind of setting the context for for the organization so yeah really really good points appreciate that um tell me which leaders inspire you the most personally I take inspiration from a lot of people, um, from, from, from different elements of, of different individuals, from their successes, their achievements. But two people that I would say well-rounded, I, I look at, I look up to, you know, for the most part, uh, one is my father and, you know, the person that, that, that looked after me um, throughout my life alongside my mom. He's, he's given me endless amounts of advice, but mostly through action, not, not through words. He was never a, a you know, sort of, a verbal motivator, but he showed me how to live my life in a very practical way. Um, you know, there is there are things that he did that I didn't realize he was teaching me, but I realized once I got into business that I'm doing this because he did it. And I think this works because he showed me that it works. You know, simple things uh, like investing in peripheral relationships, people that are on your periphery that you don't have any business relationship with, but showing them some goodwill showing them that, you know, I care about you, I'm here for you, making the extra phone call, checking in on someone, going for a coffee with someone, that might come back to you in five years' time. You might be in business with them. You might, you know, need to, they, they might look after you with a certain service or a product, or you might do a deal together, for example. But that good will from other people only comes when you take the first step. You know, um, I grew up in Dubai in a Muslim country, so for um, a celebration of Eid, which is the end of the month of Ramadan for Muslims. You know, my dad would send round chocolate baskets or or date date hampers or gift baskets to all of his clients and his suppliers and colleagues. Uh, little things that he would do to engage with them to say, thank you for being a client of mine or thank you for being a supplier of mine. 
oh, here I am thinking about you on this day of Eid, you know. Um, and, and there would be numbers of those things that I didn't realize were him teaching me through action. Um, he'd always go out of his way. He was a very service-led person. And so he always told me, you know, if you do things, do them properly. Otherwise, don't do it at all. And that's something I try to live by throughout my life. Um, the second individual that I take inspiration from the most is uh, Malcolm X. Uh, and I think the, the adversity that he went through, that I really connect with because he's a man that didn't have access to resource, to education, to opportunity. But he carved it out for himself simply by reading, by speaking to people. And the number one thing he did was convince himself that what he was doing was right. And even after, you know, whatever he went through, when he realized he wasn't always maybe in the right place at the right time, his ability to acknowledge that and change his ways very quickly, that's a level of authenticity that I've not seen many people reach. And that's something I really, really connect with. Um, you know, he, he's something that I think failing is, that, that teaches people that failing is not a problem. Failure is, a, is, is part of life. You know, one of his quotes that I really like is that there is no better teacher than adversity. Every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss contains its own seed and its own lesson on how to improve your performance the next time. Uh, and it's just about taking what you can from every element of your life and improving yourself on it. Oh, I love that. I think that's uh, it, it's so true as well. I, we, we almost get primed um, at a societal level. Kids get primed that failure is a, is a bad thing couldn't be further away from the truth the more you fail like the more you grow as a as a person uh as long as you as long as you work out what the lesson what the lessons are from those from those failures gosh like i did a million examples of things that i could throw out there but just to kind of underline the the point uh i think that that, that i completely agree with you on on that one if you can it doesn't matter that you that you fail it, it matters that you that you learn and i think the more learning opportunities through failure that you can get the the more rounded and the more capable more experienced human that you're, that you're going to be so yeah completely love that um tell me what would you say the best piece of leadership advice is that you've ever been given well look i always say the one my dad gave me which is if you're going to do something do it properly Give it your hundred percent. Otherwise, don't do it at all. Um, but one that's specific to to the care industry, and I got very early on when I started, was your front line is your bottom line, and what that means is you're the people that are delivering your service to your clients, to your customers. They will define what your bottom line looks like. If you're trying to achieve a good bottom line, a good level of profit in your organization, focus on your customer service. Focus on your front line. Focus on the people that are standing in front of your clients and delivering a service or a product to them. And as long as you can do that well, your business will do well. I guess that's almost like a, a, a slightly different version of Branson's, um, the, your, your, your team, team is your first customer or your team is more important. I'm, I'm, I'm ruining the, uh, the anecdote. Everyone's heard of it, but the, um, uh, that you, you, your employees come first before your, uh, before your, uh, before your customers, because if you look after your, team your your team will look after your customers it's almost that absolutely so yeah i i uh definitely definitely on board with uh with that one i think that's um often one that's um can be misunderstood and mis misplaced but it's uh it's it's a great it's a great mindset to have when conducting oneself in a, in a leadership capacity so 
Right, so we're at the we're at the final question. Um, so, Mohammed, you are standing at a lectern in front of a room of aspiring leaders, and you have one minute to inspire them. What do you say? Probably say, uh, please speak to Simon Parker. He does a podcast with a bunch of leaders. He knows everything about leadership at this point. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a useful podcast. Uh, so, what <laughs> said that? What would you uh, What would you say thereafter? I think. My biggest learning over the last few years is success is not a straight line. Um, you know, it's it's up and down. Um, it's a joy. It's, you have to find a way to make it a joyful ride. Um, you've got to work hard. You've got to stay focused. Um, you've got to be honest with people. And as long as you put good out into the world, the good will come back to find you. Um, and that look, failure is necessary, but recovery from the failure is what's most important. And finally, everybody's winging it. So don't be stressed out if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> what a lovely way to wrap that up Matt but I really really enjoyed our, our conversation conversation today you've shared some some brilliant leadership insights uh all power to you on your journey and I look forward to seeing how you grow and develop as a as a leader yourself awesome thanks so much for your time man. really appreciate being here and listen I look forward to uh learning from leaders like yourselves and others more about um, leadership very welcome very welcome great to have you on today